Good evening. It's Christmas Eve. Certainly a, a magical time. So many fond memories of Christmas Eve. And I know this Christmas Eve, uh, certainly different for many of us, yet in the uniqueness of this Christmas Eve, we trust that the joy of the season and the peace of Christ is there uh, in your midst. And we just uh, wish you the merriest of Christmases this year. This Christmas Eve, we conclude the Advent series, The Gift, and we will be considering what uh, I believe is the greatest gift of all that Jesus Christ brought to this world, and that is the gift of the kingdom of heaven. You know, purchasing a car is not for the faint of heart. By the way, don't you love those Commercials where the husband and wife both get a brand new Lexus in their driveway. <laughs> it's like, like that happens in my world. I bet it doesn't happen in your world either. But uh, these, the car commercials this time of year um, are uh, pretty amazing and pretty mind, just mind boggling. As I was thinking about <clears throat> what I would share with you on Christmas Eve, I thought that my topic The kingdom of heaven is very similar, actually, in some ways, to purchasing a car, at least in one respect. You see, there may be a lot of features about a car that we really like, but maybe just one primary reason that we're sold on that particular car. You see, a vehicle might have sporty wheels, a sunroof, uh, leather seats, cruise control, and more, but the key factor is how that car makes you feel. Maybe how it makes you feel about yourself. For example, if you're getting up in years, you might choose a sports car to help you feel a little bit younger. For some, looking to have the appearance of success, they may choose a sedan, like the ultimate driving machine. For others, looking for a little adventure, they may choose an off-road vehicle, a Jeep. SUV that can really get them around the the mountain trails because they're looking for that adventuresome spirit or something that will signal that is a part of who they are at that season of their life. You know, when Christ came to our world, he announced some key features, some very nice features of the kingdom of heaven. He talked about the gospel and the good news and what that would mean for mankind. He talked about the kingdom of heaven being rather invisible, that it included the poor and the persecuted, that the kingdom of heaven was all about looking forward. It wasn't about looking backward. The kingdom of heaven would heap blessings upon those who sacrificed for it, that it would be difficult for the affluent to access And above all, it required a change of direction in life, like a 180 degree turn, an about face, and Jesus called this repentance. Some really cool and life-changing features and world-altering features in this kingdom, but the essence of the kingdom of heaven is what I'd like to talk to you about tonight. 
This gift of the kingdom, this, this gift that brought peace and hope and joy and, and all about a future that is secure, this great gift. I'd like to talk to you about maybe the spirit of the kingdom of God. And this is really where I believe Christmas Eve and the kingdom of heaven kind of intersect. Because Jesus says, if you want to capture the spirit of my kingdom, if you want to distinguish yourself in the kingdom of heaven, then be like a child. I don't know about you, but I can't think of Christmas Eve without thinking about children. Thus, the focus of our meditation this evening. Matthew 18, verse 1 reads this, at that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If you have the opportunity to observe a child this Christmas, maybe even tonight in your home, you will likely notice three characteristics and traits that we as adults would do well to emulate if we are considering wanting to be a part of this kingdom of heaven. The first thing that we learn about children is that children trust. Children possess a firm belief in the reliability of someone or something. Typically, a child trusts their parents or a parent. A child instinctively believes their guardian is reliable. You know, one of the great joys in my life is our granddaughter, Rosie. Rosie will be two next February. Now, she has learned what the word up means. And when she raises her hands and looks up at her papa or her parents or her nana, and she looks up and raises her hands and she says the word up, she has every confidence that she's going to be picked up and she's going to be held. No doubt whatsoever in her mind because she has a childlike trust in those that are around her. The kingdom people are to trust the Lord just as Rosie trusts her family to pick her up when she says the magic word up. By the way, she's using that word for down also. She hasn't learned that word yet, but I think that's going to come probably in year two. But she knows what up means when it comes to elevating her position. Now, such trust is seen in a variety of ways, and we look to Scripture here to help us. First of all, when we desire blessing, Jeremiah 17, 7 says this, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream, it does not fear when the heat comes, it leaves, 
Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So here we see those that desire to live a blessed life, the key is to trust in the Lord in all situations. And that opens the pathway up for blessing. Second, when we do not understand our circumstances. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. And also when we fear, Psalm 56, verse 3, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And when we think our circumstances may overwhelm us, Isaiah 43, 2 comforts us with these words. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Like children trust a parent, kingdom people trust God and that he will be with them no matter what the circumstances are. That God will protect them. That God will sustain them. Now closely linked with trust is, of course, faith. Which brings us to our second point. Children have faith. The faith is really putting trust in action. A complete trust of confidence is in someone or something. One morning, Jesus talked to his closest followers about faith. He had done a miracle by making a fig tree wither, and they wondered how they too could do such miracles. Matthew 21, verse 21, Jesus says, Truly, I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Childlike faith means we do not doubt the ability of our source, the very living God. Prayer is the expression of our confidence in God's ability to move obstacles or meet any need that we may have. Kid-like faith, rosy-like faith without doubting. You know, I never doubted in my parents' ability to provide And they lived very humbly and and not much of an income, but I always knew, and my brother Larry, we both knew that when Christmas would come around, that we would have some pretty amazing things to open under the tree. I had supreme faith in my parents. That's what the kingdom faith is like. Supreme confidence that God will see us through every situation we face. Childlike faith. Some among us have trust issues. We have perhaps been in situations, you may have found yourself in situations where you put your trust in something or someone 
only to be severely disappointed. And it's hard at this point to really go there again, to trust again. It's impossible to put faith in someone or something that you do not trust. So this issue is central to being a kingdom person. And let me ask you this, could you trust someone who loved you so much that they gave their life for you? If I knew someone loved me enough to die for me, which I do, I could certainly trust them with the details of my life. I've just described the love of Jesus for you. He came as a baby that first Christmas to usher in his kingdom and to ultimately die for future kingdom people. His love can be trusted. You can have faith in that love. He's got your best interest at heart always. That leads us to our third and final point is this, that children not only have trust and have faith, but children are humble. Jesus said as much in Matthew 18, verse four. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Lowly position, humble position. You know, children do well when they understand their position comparatively to adults. Things don't go so well for children when they see themselves as equal with teachers or parents. Humility serves children well. And humility serves kingdom people well. Jesus calls for us to be like a child in trust and faith and also in our attitude. My dad had a saying whenever my attitude is not reflecting humility, he'd say, son, you're getting a little big for your britches. In other words, you haven't grown into that place in life yet. You better chill. You better pull back a little bit. Though we are in the kingdom of God, we have not grown into the likeness of Christ in fullness. He's the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He's the captain of the ship. He's the pilot that steers the plane. He's the shepherd that guides the sheep. He is high and lifted up. He is exalted. We do well to know our position relative to the creator God. Humility simply recognizes our position accurately. Some have a wrong view or understanding of humility. It's not possessing a low view of yourself. Rather, it's expressing an accurate view of your standing compared with others and most importantly, God. In closing, I'd like to just share this. So maybe you've shopped the cars, you've reviewed the features, and you end up picking a minivan to transport your spouse and the four kids around the states. I wish you well. I remember the minivan days, and I was glad to graduate from them, but they served a purpose. You are now in the people mover phase of car ownership, and you are to be congratulated. 
I've been there and celebrate with you your full-on feeling of parenthood. Happy trips to Disney. So you've reviewed the features in the kingdom of God. And you see the benefit of repentance, perhaps. You see the benefit of starting life again. They call it being born again. Now it's time to embrace or perhaps re-embrace the essence of being a kingdom person. This Christmas and into a most welcome new year of 2021, let's be kids again. Kingdom kids. It sounds so elementary, no pun intended, doesn't it? Just to be kids. But if we can capture Trusting God like a child trusts a parent. Having faith in one who is reliable. And if we can assume the rightful position, the lowly position compared to our God, then we position ourselves to have a blessed life. Truly a blessed life. The kingdom of heaven is a truly wonderful gift. There is the anchor for life that is firm and secure. There's peace, there's authentic joy, and there's hope for every situation and eternity. With God's help, let us take on these childlike qualities. May God help me to trust him, the one who is always reliable and strong. May he help us to place supreme confidence in his ability to see us through any situation that we might face. And may he help us to walk humbly through life, assuming the right position as sheep. Let's embrace being children of the Heavenly Father and truly kingdom people in this kingdom of heaven that Christ came to usher in. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this divine plan ushered in by Jesus, our Lord and Savior himself, taking on the form of flesh, truly God, truly human, living a perfect life, showing us what love is, teaching us about the kingdom of heaven, and then setting up, establishing this kingdom of love. Not an earthly kingdom, but this kingdom that is for eternity, that has begun. It began that Christmas night, that first Christmas. So it help us to position ourselves to be able to receive that gift of the kingdom of heaven in a way that is like a child. And just as the children will be opening gifts, Lord, around the tree this Christmas, may we open the gift of trust. May we open the gift of faith. May we embrace the gift of humility. Be like a child so you can be like the perfect father you are. Help us, Lord. Help us to trust. Help us to have faith. And if there's pride in us that is an obstacle 
in us living out the kingdom of heaven. Remove that. Do what you will in us, that we would be humble in your presence. In Jesus' mighty and beautiful name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I invite you now to partake of communion with me, us, on this Christmas Eve. So if you need to gather what is the bread and the cup for you, I'll give you just a moment to do that while I just share briefly, and then we'll partake of communion on this Christmas Eve. And one day Jesus was teaching his closest followers about the need for them to stay connected to him. If they really wanted their life to contribute to their world, to bear fruit that lasts, they needed to stay close to the one who loved them the most. And he talks about this in the Gospel of John chapter 15. And in the middle of him talking about this is how you can have a fruitful life. This is how your life can really count. He said this, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. So in the middle of him talking about the need for us to stay connected to him, he just takes a dramatic pivot and he says, and, and he just defines this love relationship. The real reason to stay connected, more so than about having a fruitful life, a life that contributes. The essence of the reason to stay connected to Jesus is because of love, not because of good deeds that we can do. And so he says this, greater love has no one than this, and he describes exactly what he's facing in the near future of his life on earth, to lay down one's life for one's friends. As trusting children, we need to have confidence in this love, in the love of the Father, in the love of the Son, and the cross of Christ is our confidence. When I wonder if God loves me, I have now trained myself. It's a default. I go to the cross. When days are tough, when I'm in a valley, when I can't see the end of the light at the tunnel. I'm in the tunnel. I think of the cross. And I think of how much Jesus loves me. And it's, it changes my perspective. It changes everything. So as we partake of the bread, I encourage you to take the bread at this time. We are reminded of Christ's body It's no longer a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, but now a full-grown man nailed to a cross to bear our sins. We're free because he paid the price for our freedom. We are shameless because he bore our shame. We live because he died. With thanksgiving, let's partake of the bread with deep gratitude. Isaiah the prophet 
who paints such a great portrait of the coming Messiah, said, by his wounds we are healed. The blood of Jesus is a double blessing. First, for our atonement, for our sins, and then second, for our healing. Let's take a couple of deep breaths right now. On this Christmas Eve, do you identify a place where healing may be needed in your life? Do you have a friend or a loved one that needs physical healing? Maybe a coworker, fellow student that needs healing? Certainly COVID-19 has affected so many. So there may be healing that's needed in terms of comfort and strength for those who mourn this Christmas. Healing could mean physical, emotional, relational, or even spiritual. That your faith needs to be restored, made new. Jesus' blood facilitates healing still today. Let's take the cup together. And as we drink of the cup, I invite you to reach out in your spirit to God and ask him to bring healing grace into your need just now. What we'll be doing when we pray this and then drink of the cup is we are activating the promise in Isaiah that by his stripes we are healed. This represents the very blood of Christ. Let's pray together.